There are so many things as humans that we don't really understand. There are mystic, magical, faded things, as well as otherworldly realms that we just can't comprehend unless it's through the journey of our own soul. I'm your host, Steffi, aka The Spirit Sis. I'm a psychic medium, astrologer, and intuition teacher, and I'm here to take you on an exploration of all things spiritual. I'm going to connect to Source, give you divine downloads, and I want to keep you in the spirit loop. So here is the Psychic Scoop. Hi loves, welcome back to another episode of Psychic Scoop. I am your host, Steffi, aka Spirit Sis. I am an evidential psychic medium, astrologer, and intuition teacher here to walk you through your spiritual awakening. If you are a longtime listener, welcome back, bestie. And if this is your first time here, I'm so honored and happy that you're here to geek out on spiritual stuff with us. Welcome, welcome, welcome. So today we're going to be talking about codependency and people pleasing. If you are a fellow empath, I know you have struggled with this because I have struggled with this my whole life. Boundaries can be tough, especially if you're setting them with someone you love. So I can't wait to dive into this with a special guest and get all of their expertise so we can leave feeling enlightened, happy, and a little bit of a better understanding and awareness of how we can be better in these areas. And if you don't know, my podcast is all spirit led. So I kind of just put out in the universe, ask my guides and ask my angels if they can give me any divine downloads to share with the collective. So I never really know what the topic's going to be, who the special guest is going to be. And I just let it all unfold the way it's supposed to. So I know for whatever reason, you are meant to hear this message today if you're clicking on it and listening to it right now. So the special guest is Victoria Albina. She is a master certified somatic life coach. She also was a family nurse practitioner for many years. She does breathwork meditation, and she has a passion for helping humans just become their own best healers and reconnect to their bodies and their minds so they can break free from codependency, perfectionism, and people pleasing. So this is going to be an absolute gem of gem of an episode. I can already feel it. And before I move on, I just want to take a moment to thank you. If you've left a review or rating on the podcast, it means so much to me. And especially if you subscribe to my new YouTube channel, I'm doing video podcasts now. So if you are a visual listener, hop over to YouTube and you can check out and watch the interview. But of course, regular old OG podcast style is here for you on all of the networks. So just wanted to throw that out there and give you a big thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. I'm with the show. Here is a nice warm welcome to our special guest, Victoria Albina. Yay. Welcome to the show. <laughs> I'm so, so, so excited to have you here. And I know the listeners are just going to love, love, love you. So thank you for being here. Oh, thanks for having me. It's it's an honor and a delight. Yes. Okay. So do you know your astrology top three? Because I love to ask right away so the listeners can understand you from like an astrological point of view. Um, I love that you went witchy first because what in Bleed in. Right? Like, why not? Right? So, uh, yes, I am a Leo's Leo Leo who Leo's when she Leo's and also enclosing the most Leo sun. Like so much of my natal chart is in Leo that it's, um, it's ridiculous. Well, that is why you're so good at podcast appearances. I was just saying off air, I was like, you have the most impressive resume as far as podcast appearances. And that is the most Leo Sun thing I think I can ever think of. So 
Thank you. <laughs> okay, Thank you. Leo I Sun. I really appreciate it. Yeah, so Leo Sun, uh, and my rising is Taurus. Nope, I always get these two backwards. My moon is in Sag, my rising is Taurus. Or wait, it might be the other way around. I'm Ooh, like, let well, me pull up some Well, both of those are great placements anyway. I mean, I know, you got right? fire and earth there. I feel, I feel like I got handed a pretty, a pretty good, a pretty good run of things. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Sag moon in the eighth Taurus rising. My Leo is in the fourth house, which is like, just so it's just me. Yeah. Just, okay. Your yeah. moon is in the eighth house. That is. Yeah. My Sag moon is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That is so perfect for what you're doing with healing and like mm -hmm. deep psychological healing, healing. Mm -hmm. And then also, oh my gosh. Yeah. That right. Is okay. Wow. Yeah. Sag moon also yeah. to be a teacher in life. Right. Like, and to have Come fun on. and to laugh. I and know. <laughs> I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful. And my ascendant ruler is Venus in Leo in the fourth house. Ooh. Okay. Oh. This oh. is fantastic. It's, I mean, it's a delight. Yeah, yeah, you are a delight. I'm very happy you're here. <laughs> okay, let's get into the good, good. I mean, that let's was good, good. But that was pretty good. Yeah. I know you have such a fascinating story about how you got into this because mm. I know you were a nurse practitioner for many yeah. years. So yeah. will you kind of just give us the lowdown about how you found somatic healing and yeah. I guess your journey, your your origin my, story. My, how you got here. my the story of the wounded healer forthcoming. <laughs> Chiron in the house. Right. Yeah. So, <laughs> right. So yeah, like so many of us who do this work, it was, it's my story, right? I, I help the people help. I coach the people I was, if that English is. Mm -hmm. So I grew up wicked sick. I had what was diagnosed as irritable bowel syndrome, which is like just garbage. Like that's not a real diagnosis, but it's what Western medicine has. Um, and I knew I wanted to be of service in the world. And so after struggling with my own physical health, and of course, when your gut microbiome is a hot mess, depression, anxiety, insomnia, like it's all part and parcel, right? It all comes together because we are one magnificent animal. There's no actual divide between mind and body. Mm -hmm. And so I knew I wanted to be of service and I've always been a nerd. I've always loved like geeking out on the Krebs cycle and sciencey stuff. And so I went into medicine to help folks like me, particularly human socialized as women who weren't getting the help they needed from the Western medical system. So I was an herbalist first, then went to NP school because I wanted to do more. I wanted to get labs. I wanted to dive deeper because of course I did. Um, and then trained in functional medicine and holistic medicine. I had a private practice in New York City, uh, which was amazing, helping folks with functional medicine to get to the root cause. And what I started to see really clearly was the other side of my story, that my patients were not just physically sick, but that their mindset was impacting them so deeply. Their nervous system, right? All the polyvagal stuff we talk about. Their soma, which means body in Greek, was... Um, not finding ease because of their history, the stress, distress, and trauma that they had experienced that was living on within them. And the pattern I started to see, of course, mirrored my own, of codependent, perfectionist, and people-pleasing habits of folks, right? Being like right on with their nutrition plan and taking their supplements and doing the things until they went to their mother-in-laws. And then all of a sudden they're eating lasagna and haven't taken their pills in three days and haven't moved and aren't sleeping well and because they were stepping into people pleasing. They were trying to keep their in-laws happier. You know what I mean? Like they were living outside of their best interest from these chronic patterns 
that are written not just into the mind, but into the body through the nervous system. So as my awareness shifted, my practice shifted. That's what we do. And so I train in somatics. Uh, I train in somatic experiencing, which is Peter Levine's work, sensory motor psychotherapy as a coach, which is Pat Ogden's work, uh, and really started training uh, and understanding and, and living into an understanding of how much our body holds our truth and came to see that all the perfect supplements I was giving everyone were no darn good if your nervous system isn't allowing you to absorb them, if you aren't metabolizing them, right? And if your mindset is one in which you're chronically, constantly putting yourself last, how is healing possible? I'm emotional listening to you. I feel like you mm. just covered so many things in my own journey. Mm. Just, I grew up in an abusive household and then people please. I'm a, I'm a double cancer. That's my oh. Zodiac sign. Oh, hello. Hi, tender <laughs> so, pause. So, yeah. yeah. So we know people pleasing from birth. Uh, oh, we yes. then mother AF, right? Uh-huh. So yeah, I think that is such an interesting journey you had. Cause you went, you went from like a Western perspective to like this healing perspective. And I guarantee that both of those things really like informed the wow. way that you like you needed both of those things oh, systematically to absolutely. help kind of cohesively build your business, right? Right, 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 right. Not just to build my business, but to build an understanding of myself, right? To be able to map who Maria Victoria Albina is so that I could then take that map and use that to understand who my clients are, mm. right? And to help support them from a place of, of getting it, not just understanding it, but like, oh, in the animal, in the body, somatically getting where they stand when they say, I, I, can't set a, I can't set a boundary with my husband. I can't. What happened the last time you did? He said, oh, okay. So why can't you? Oh, I don't know. I just, maybe he went. So I can see her sympathetic activation in her nervous system. And I can see that dorsal collapse away from self. And I can say, I've been there too. Cause I have, I've got a map for it. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Let's go back to just the mechanics of somatic healing. Will you yeah. explain ex yeah. like how that works? Let's geek out on that first. Oh my God. Thank you. I, <laughs> any opportunity and invitation to geek is very well taken and grateful for it. Um, yeah. So ages zero to seven, our nervous system gets its initial operating system. It's understanding of what is safe in the world and what's not. Right, you touch the hot stove and you're like, no, not doing that again. You tell your parent no, and maybe you're not doing that again either. And maybe that extends in your nervous system to be far beyond your family of origin. You learn that setting boundaries means you won't be lovable. Having an opinion won't be lovable, right? And so backing up to the mechanics, right? Uh, so setting the stage with the mindset, the nervous system has three main states. You want me to geek this hard? Because I will. All right, just check it. Do a little checking because consent matters. No, seriously, so, I, I want to oh know all the things. Talk okay, for talk for hours. I'm here. <laughs> okay, great. Cool, 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 cool. This is going to be a 12 hour show. And I'm <laughs> great. Buckle, buckle in, everybody. Buckle up. Get your safety goggles on. Close toe shoes in the lab, please. All right. <laughs> so your nervous system has three main states. Ventral vagal is the safe and social part of the nervous system. It's where I'm at today reading you. It feels like that's where you're at too. We're chill. We're cool. We're, we're talking with, right? We're talking with each other. We're talking about things we really enjoy and that matter to us. I am grounded in my body. 
I am present. I am here, mind, body, and spirit. I'm here. I'm in ventral vagal, right? And so from ventral vagal, we can flow with life. We can, uh, something is a little startling. We can notice the startle and come back to center, right? Something's a little disappointing. That's okay. I can come back to center, right? We can be present with ourselves, our emotions, with what's around and what's real in life. If whatever happens in life is a true fright to the nervous system, actually scares us, then we cry out for support, right? So let's let's go to a baby, right? So you're a little tiny baby, you're in your little crib and the cat jumps in and you get scared cat. So you cry. There's two options, right? So either you will be attuned to, meaning a loving, caring parent, caregiver will come and comfort you and you go back into ventral vagal or you're not attuned to, you're not cared for, right? You don't get the support you need. Sympathetic activation, which is fight or flight, a state ruled by adrenaline and later cortisol, our stress hormones, gets activated, yeah? And important areas of the brain turn on and off and send us through the pathway of the limbic system, which is the reptile brain, the lizard brain, a black and white death and doom or all is cool kind of setting right? The limbic system is here to say, that's a lion, that's a tabby cat. I can, I know what to do with each. So we have that fright. We cry out, we're not met. We go into fight or flight. We start first with fight. So I got to get out of here, right? Just ready to, to fight the cat, but you're a baby. You can't do that, right? And so you try to flight. You try to escape the situation, get away from danger, you're still a baby, so you can't, right? And so then you get resigned to it. You go into what's called dorsal shutdown or dorsal freeze, disconnection from the environment and eventually from self. You disassociate you and you because it's safer for your psyche, for your nervous system, for your body to not be there when the scary thing happens and no one is coming, when you are alone, which is a very dangerous state for human animals. So your nervous system goes into dorsal, that's an acetylcholine state versus the adrenaline state. Adrenaline is espresso, it's it's cocaine, it's fight, flight, anxious, worried, right? In fight or flight, the story in our head is, I have to, I have to get away, I have to fight, I have to, right? Anxiety. In dorsal collapse and no one is coming, the story is I can't, I, I can't change this situation. I can't leave this marriage. I can't quit grad school. I can't start down that scary path. I, 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 I can't, right? We are not connected with self. We are fully out of presence. And our bodies are flooded with endogenous cannabinoids, which are, um, are biochemicals that take us out of the pain response. So it numbs our pain. And in so doing, it numbs all of our emotions. It numbs us to us. Biologically, this makes perfect sense. If you're at the point of disconnection, of fright, of dorsal, the lion has caught you by the ankle and you're about to get snacked. So you better not feel what's going on. You best not, right? So it shuts down. And that's cool. This is what happens, right? Throughout the day, we go a little sympathetic and a little dorsal and a little sympathetic, right? There is no putting on your pants and getting out of bed and leaving the house without a little sympathetic. And there is no shavasana without dorsal. None of these states are bad. None's better than the other. 
But what happens is we get dysregulated, right? And so I think of regulation like regulating a car engine, right? Where sympathetic is the gas and dorsal is the brake. We lose that balance and you're jerking on the gas and slamming on the brakes like a New York City taxi driver, right? And you're not able to regulate yourself and to make the decision to just give it a little gas and a little brake, come back to ventral, come back to balance, stop at the stop sign without slamming on it, right? And so we live our lives from this dysregulated state where we're constantly anxious, we're constantly freaked out, we're constantly in the future or the past ruminating and I have to, or constantly checked out from self. I'll also bring in the fourth nervous system state, which is fawn. A bonus. So, I know it's a bonus. Well, welcome to the show. Now you get a bonus nervous system <laughs> state available for the next 24 hours only. Act now. <laughs> okay. What's, so, what's the bonus? Oh, okay. Um, I'm like just absorbing everything. Yeah, so. I love it. I love yeah, watching did you, you see, eat I'm up just, the nerd. I am, I I am definitely it. a um, student. Nerd. Okay. I love it. I love it. Okay. Um, so fun. So fun. So fawn is a combination of a nervous system state and a conditioned and socialized strategy for reacting and responding to life. So this is what's called a mixed state. So it's not pure sympathetic, it's not pure panic, it's not pure dorsal, pure collapse. It's a state in between informed by both where you're, you're not loving the situation, you're freaked out about it, but you're so disconnected from self, you lean into what you've learned will help you survive. So fawn sounds like, well, I don't, I don't care where we go to dinner, whatever makes you happy, whatever, whatever's good for you. No, no, that's fine. We can totally go there. That's cool. It's the appeasement. It's keeping others happy at a profound cost to self. It's people pleasing in a nervous system state. It's codependent thinking in a nervous system state. And it's driven by that perfectionist desire to always look amazing so no one can ever find fault with you. Because if they find fault with you when the lions come, they're not lifting you up. They're not carrying you out of the village. You're effed. And we can't have that, can we? Evolution of the species. We must all survive. Whoa. Victoria, I am like just going through my <laughs> whole life and I'm like, oh, I was dorsal here or I was right? butterfly here and totally. I was fawn here. Uh, so when you are, I guess, observing, you probably observe people all the time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what are some of the, and not just clients, but I mean, like I'm sure in oh, New yeah. York or on the oh, subway yeah. or wherever oh, you yeah. are, you're probably uh-huh. like, oh, this, this, this. Oh, so yeah. what are some tells or things you observe? You don't have to go through all the states if you don't want to, but maybe someone who's in like a hyper-regulated, um, anxious state. Is there any things that you observe right away, like either physically or emotionally? Yeah, rapidity. It's frenetic. It's frantic. It's it's there's no ground beneath your feet, right? When you're in in, in anxiety, in sympathetic, because you're you're I say this to my clients all the time because laughter is an incredibly important part of this, this healing work. Girl, you're on drugs, right? You're on the drugs of your own creation, but like you're jacked up, right? And so energetically, I can see people vibrating. Right. I can I can see that energy, right? Coming off of them. And so too with dorsal, there's this this shutdown, this pulling back, this moving physically out of presence, right? Where someone's just not in their body. They may be glassy-eyed, they may have a you know bajillion mile stare, they may just be talking and wait, what sorry, what was I saying? 
that's that's that energy of dorsal, the like where the brain, the neocortex, the prefrontal cortex, our executive function part is like not really tracking because limbic's in charge. And and so too with, with sympathetic, we're just, we're racing, we're moving forward. And so in working with my clients, I, I refer to codependent perfectionist and people-pleasing habits as emotional outsourcing because that's what we're doing, right? We're sourcing our sense of wellness safety and validation from everyone and everything outside of ourselves. Everyone else is dictating our worth. We're not because we don't believe we're worthy. We don't believe we're valid. We don't believe we're good enough. And so this ping-ponging between states is our norm because we're so anxious. Will they like me? Oh no. I made a joke and she didn't like roll on the floor laughing. Crap. I'm the worst. Oh my God, does she think I'm the worst? Yeah, nope, I'm the worst, right? And so we do that ping pong that, oof. I mean, the, the biological repercussions of that are so profound, Yeah. right? Because everything in our body from our, our senses, heart and lungs, diaphragm activity, digestion, thyroid, reproductive function, all of it is so dependent on the vagus nerve, the 10th cranial nerve, the longest nerve in the, in the human body, the nerve that that runs this autonomic, automatic nervous system. And so when it is not in ventral vagal, all that other stuff turns off, which makes sense. I mean, let, let me ask you this. So let's say you're on the savannah and you're being chased by a lion. Would you like your body to digest a cheeseburger? <laughs> Would I like my body to? Yes. Would you like it to stop running? And take all the blood away from your paws with which you punch and your legs with which you run and send them to the belly for digestion. Do you think that's a good idea, my darling, or a bad idea? Oh, gosh. No, unless it's yeah. a really good cheeseburger, you know, if we're talking like. Okay. Yeah, fair enough. No, no, I, already I, I totally. Tasted it. Okay, great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I have to have put a positive light on anything, but no, seriously, that it does take so much. I've noticed my digestion, even as I, I think I'm, I think I'm, like you said, I'm getting closer to VV, like ventral, yeah, yeah, yeah. ventral vagal. <laughs> mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I feel like I've gotten a lot closer through like many, many years, Yeah, but I like that you said it's normal to go, to go a little bit into sympathetic yeah, yeah. or dorsal yeah. every totally. now and then, right? All day long. All day long. Right. So So the issue is this, within our nervous systems, there's what the literature refers to as the window of tolerance. So how many uh, spikes, right? How how much input can our nervous system take and tolerate, come back to ventral? So the example I like to use is driving on the freeway. Uh, One jerk cuts in front of you, you're like, meh, jerk's gonna jerk. The second one cuts in front of you and you're like, wow, rude much? The third person cuts in front of you and, oh my God, you left your window of tolerance and you're screaming, you're flipping on the bird, you're laying on the horn. You're outside of tolerance. You have more sympathetic than your body can stand. And so it activates, right? It, you flip the lid and you go into activation and, and doing that chronically, or same with dorsal, that's when it becomes problematic, mm. Right. And, and I want to, to say before we move on, I don't like that language, the window of tolerance. So I'm working with human socializers, women who live as emotional outsourcers. I am not out here for us to tolerate a goddamn thing. Yeah. 
not a thing because that's what we do oh it's fine it's fine it's fine it's fine fawn appease uh, i'm not in my body so i like to call it right <laughs> right you're right don't tolerate anything but how right? do we get there like how do we yeah. start using like either somatic yes. healing and techniques to yeah. start improving or yeah. or even having more self-awareness like where where's a baseline to start yeah so it starts with mapping our nervous systems and coming to really understand what your individual nervous system response or reaction looks like, because it's going to be wildly different for all of us. So, you know, we say that trauma is not what happened. It's how your nervous system responded to it. Right. So two guys in the same foxhole in World War II, one is like, shell-shocked, right? What we used to call PTSD and CPTSD. <laughs> and the other one like goes back to Detroit and works in the factory and everything's fine, right? Again, that has, there's a million factors. I won't even get into it that yeah, lead to yeah. that. But the point is to this, what's your nervous system up to? And what does your nervous system need in each of these moments? Understanding that there's two beautiful ways we can work with dysregulation, particularly chronic dysregulation. So one of them uh, is to calm the nervous system or bring activation into the nervous system, right? So to regulate the nervous system. The other is to heal the nervous system. And I want to say it very plainly because people hear, oh, I can heal it. Oh, that must be better. No, they're equally important. They're equally necessary. So you're in LAX. You're at, I actually don't know anything about your terminals from memory, but let's say you're at terminal <laughs> one. And you're getting ready to get on your flight. All is good. You're chilling. You're just having a cup of tea, reading your newspaper. All's good. Then they announce your flight leaving in four minutes has now been changed to terminal 473, which is about 25 miles away. And you have to go by foot. Right? And so you're like, holy crap. Your body's like danger because danger. And you get that sympathetic activation. You get frantic, you almost spill your tea, you drop your newspaper, where's your phone? You don't even know where your phone is. Your phone's in your hand, but you can't find your glasses. They're on your face. Ah, it's not a moment to heal our chronic responses. That is a moment to book it. Mm -hmm. But to book it from loving the adrenaline, because thank you, body, and calming it. Because when we move from pure adrenaline, we get sloppy, babe, right? We, we spill stuff. We can't find our glasses on our faces. <laughs> Right. So that's when we calm, when we're in a, a challenging conflict with a partner and something gets activated and we want to stay in the conversation. That's when we calm. That's when we take a breath in and a long blow out. Yeah. That's when we calm so we can stay with ourselves, come back into presence and, and do life. Cause sometimes you have to do life. Sometimes something's activating, but you're like, you have to drop your kids off at school, right? Like, come on now. So that's a beautiful and important thing is learning to calm the nervous system. And I, what can happen in the sort of like hashtag spiritual world is that we think that's the end all be all, right? That the deep breath is everything. The yoga is everything. And it's like everything, but it's not everything. You know what I mean? The deeper, yeah. not deeper work, but the other branch of work is the healing where the goal is to recognize that what I just talked about, you're chill, you scream, you get scared, you scream, no one comes, you collapse, right? That 
ventral into sympathetic into dorsal for it to come back to ventral it needs to come back to ventral so that sympathetic activation that adrenaline that whoo in you needs an outlet and that dorsal that just can't also needs support right so we need to complete the stress activation cycle so that our bodies can reset or all those energies will continue to live within us right and so this is why we need to do this deep work beyond just mindset. Like changing your thoughts is super cool. I teach thought work. I come from a cognitive behavioral framework. Love it, live it. Woo! And when something is stuck, when the mindset won't change, when we're not getting the outcomes and the results we want, we need to come back to the body. And so that work is, yeah, mapping your nervous system. Where am I? And then asking, what does my body need? What does my nervous system need? in this moment. So uh, if you're, you know, if there's a moment where you wanted to tell a, a, a parent when you were a kid, I don't like what you're doing. I need you to stop. We connect in with that inner child, with that part of us. And through a somatic practice of working with the body, you can actually go back in time within your own mind. This is the somatic experiencing process and tell that person no, set that boundary, right? And we know, I mean, think of Olympians. When they're hurt, they visualize their routine, their dive, their running thingy. I don't really know sports words, but- No, no, the, the diving thingy is right, yes. The diving thingy, I mean, that's a thingy, <laughs> right? Um, and they visualize what they need to do in their field of work. And it has a significant impact of improving their diving thingy. Right. So there's an evidence base for this. It's, I will go all woo and there's woo to this, but this is some science that we can go back in our minds and visualize six-year-old you saying absolutely not and setting the boundary. And it actually changes the somatic presence of that moment within your physiology. Come on. That's mm. amazing. Right. Ooh, it's it. so beautiful. <laughs> it's so beautiful. Yeah. And, there, and I'm sure just for your experience, seeing the programming in real life, like seeing people bringing this up from the subconscious yeah. and healing it. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and... 6-1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. 
be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Yep. I guess I want to ask you a question about, um, this This happened to me, but I know a few mm. of my friends too. They get really scared of that inner child, that shadow yeah. work, that stuff, because it brings stuff up. And then people get actually very sick as they're healing. Have you noticed that happening before? Like, you know, it's almost like that darkness comes to the dawn, right. but if you're bringing, I mean, is there anything that you recommend as you're kind of going through some of these more traumatic experience to get good to good health, but yeah. I don't know. Have you noticed a pattern of either people getting sick when they're going through that stuff, or I guess how to regulate your nervous system as you're going through that tough, gritty yeah. subconscious work? Yeah. 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 So the answer here, two parts, one, choose your guides wisely, mm. choose your guides really wisely. Mm. Right. Okay. I, I only do the work I do because I feel ethical in doing it. I'm in my integrity, knowing where the limits and boundaries are. A woman wanted to join my six month program yesterday who I could see was in active distress. And I said, no, honey, you, you shall not pay me. You mm -hmm. will go do some therapy. I recommend some EMDR, some internal family systems, go do some trauma therapy. I'll be here in a year, but I'm, I won't take you on as a client for a year at least. And then I want to talk to your therapist and make sure that coaching is the right thing for you, right? So thoughtfulness around who we choose to work with is, um, yeah, is really important as a starting point. So that's just making sure you're with someone who can guide you in a really loving way, whether we're doing somatic work, plant medicine work, whatever, right? Breath work, the wor whatever work we're doing. One, two, pendulation and titration. I promised you I was going to nerd hard. Come on now, right? So literally, come on now. So these are the cornerstones of thoughtful, trauma, thoughtful, uh, somatic work. So titration means adding uh, a substance drop by drop, right? So uh, all of us have done this, right? When we start a medication, you start at a small dose and then go up and then go up. It's the same thing with somatic work. Uh, we don't dive right into the abyss, right? And my program's called Anchored because this is the metaphor, right? We need to anchor. Isn't it sweet and cute? It's awesome. I love it. Yeah, I love yeah, it. yeah. So we anchor ourselves on the shore. We find a ventral vagal anchor. We ground ourselves deeply in something that we know and trust can bring us home. And then we walk into the water. We walk a little deeper and we come back to the anchor and we go out, right? So that's pendulation and triangulation where pendulation, just think of a pendulum, right? From the really dope to the really crappy back and back and back and back and back. And in that way, we give the nervous system some, some ramp, right? An on-ramp to make sure that we can handle it and that we make sure we can come back to our anchor and we're not going to get lost at sea. Beautiful answer. I loved mm. that so much. I'm so glad. Ugh. Okay, let's let's uh talk about codependency and people pleasing. Do it. You're an expert I in love there. It. I'm an expert not in the good way. I'm I'm an expert in like feeling it and experiencing it. I've gotten better. Um right on. But I guess what would you describe? There's like a lot of ways to describe codependency, but for you, like what's a behavior or a way that you would say is codependent? Yeah. So my definition of emotional outsourcing, right? Codependent thinking. Well, let me back up to say this. I don't believe that there are codependent people. 
Mm. Right. I don't believe in that label. I do not believe it is a disease. I do not believe that your character is defective. Absolutely not. What I do believe in is that we all have survival skills from our childhood, right? From zero to seven and beyond that served us so wildly and beautifully and magnificently as children. Our inner children's, the children we were, friggin' geniuses, each and every one for developing these brilliant ways of managing ourselves, managing our family, living, existing, surviving, getting through the day. So if you were surrounded by lions and you learned to scream lion, good on you, kiddo. Well done. And I think the former, like disease, defect, problem, I am codependent, leaves us feeling like we're permanently screwed, right? Like there is no changing it. And I, and I find it blaming and shaming. It's like there's something wrong with you that you're this way versus saying like, no, you're amazing. You're incredible. You're remarkable. I want to cheer you on. And then let's change that because it sure doesn't serve you. But let's praise it first. <laughs> it's, it's a pendulation in its way, right? Mm -hmm. So my definition is chronically outsourcing our sense of safety, worth, and validation from everyone and everything outside of ourselves instead of from within. So I take it out of the realm of um, you know, you have an alcoholic parent or partner I, because that's not what I'm seeing, right? That's that's yes and, right? It's a yes and of that could be the original causative factor. But I think it really is, you know, if you live in a household where perfectionism is the name of the game, right? Where you have to get good grades, be a certain weight, get on JV, do whatever, you're going to behave this way towards yourself in the world, right? So what are behaviors I see? Um, that people pleasing, that putting everyone else ahead of our, ourselves and putting ourselves dead last, not prioritizing our wants and needs because that that was dumb in childhood. Um, triangulating, meaning taking on other people's um, triangulating is when you get between two people who are in argument and try to try to be the peacemaker, right? Always be that peacekeeper. That's a very fond thing to do. Um, being the fixer, right? Someone's like, oh. My shoe broke. And you're like, listen, give me your shoes. I know it's a great cobbler. Right? Or someone's like, I don't know what to do. Listen, I'm going to fix it for you. I'm going to be your fixer. I'm going to save your life. Being the savior, the saint, the martyr. Oh, my God. Okay, so my ex-mother-in-law. Oh, this is going to be good. Yeah, this is a good one. It's a good one. She was <laughs> Whenever very... you start with that sentence. Right, 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 right. So you watch the Gilmore Girls? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, you're like, girl, I don't live under a rock in the 90s. <laughs> I lived in front of my TV in the 90s, early yes. aughts, whenever the Gilmore Girls was. Um, and uh, the actress that plays Rory is Argentine. I'm Argentine. So I have like an extra bit of love for her. What's up, Alex? Sending She's you amazing. She's so amazing. Anyway, um, you remember uh, Lorelai's mom in the Gilmore mm -hmm, Girls, mm -hmm. like total Greenwich, Connecticut. Mm -hmm. That was my mother, ex-mother-in-law. And um, nothing was ever perfect. Nothing was, you know, good enough. And every holiday meal was her in full-blown panic for like hours before the meal, which was usually catered anyway, um, like running around the house, putting herself last, but making a full, a full show of letting us see how much she was suffering on our behalf, making it all about her and her martyrdom. 
right? And then coming to the table all flustered and someone would be like, oh, is there any mustard? She'd be like, no, there's not, but I'm going to run to the store. Always putting ourselves absolutely last and, and the making a show of it when you're unsure of your worth, you need that constant validation. So we're constantly looking outside of us. Am I good enough? Am I smart enough? Am I pretty enough? Do you like me enough? Am I enough enough? Is it okay that I'm breathing? I'm not sure. Definitely not convinced. What do you think? Wow. Right? Wow. I mean, you just made me realize I still, I felt like I did pretty good, but I'm still doing a little people pleasing things. Cause I like to survey my friends for opinions. Oh, what do you think about this or that? And I feel like that can fall into people pleasing. Have you found that people maybe swing the opposite way and they get too rigid with their boundaries? 1000%. Because <laughs> that also happens. Right. Yeah. yeah. So fierce independence. I got this. I am a rock. I am an island. I feel no pain. I got this. Right. So, so anxious or avoidant attachment mm -hmm. is another part of this conversation. So oh, yeah. that anxious attachment is the like, am I good enough funny? Ah, and then the avoidant is like, I'm cool. I don't need I'm you. good. Yeah. I don't need you. I don't need this. Don't love me. Fine. No one loves me. I'm unlovable. Cool. Great. I got it. Yeah. So that's the other extreme, the rigid boundaries of like, I absolutely will not. Those they're walls. Right. And from ventral vagal, uh, we can be interdependent, where interdependence is two humans in relationship, any kind of relationship, where they both operate as and know the other to be an autonomous human, while recognizing that as mammals, we do literally need each other. We need our nervous systems to co-regulate. Like in the example of the baby crying, that baby needed co-regulation, someone to help its little nervous system come back to ventral vagal. So we understand our need for co-regulation from a place of mutuality and reciprocity. Of course, I'll help you out. That's what I do. I, I love you versus, yeah, of course, I'll help you out. But then maybe there'll be a tit for tat in my brain. And then maybe you'll help me out later. And maybe if I do enough stuff for you, then you'll think that I'm lovable and I'm okay. Right? Mm -hmm. Like my girlfriend texts me at lunchtime every day when she sits down to have lunch and she goes, did you have lunch? Because the ADHD in my brain totally forgets to eat. Oh. I am a human who forgets to eat. I love food. I love food the most, but I forget. And so she texts me, not because she has to, not because there's an obligation, not because I am not capable and she distrusts my capacity, not because she thinks she's my savior and that I'll only love her if she texts me to eat lunch, but because she loves me and she's kind. And we live interdependently. Mm. And so she wants to support me around remembering to have some friggin' lentils at noon. Right? That's just a compassionate person, you know? Right? I love yeah. That. Yeah. But that same action could come from codependent thinking. Mm -hmm. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. And wow. it's so, and, and that's where self-trust comes in. Right? She trusts her intentions. I trust her intentions. And I know that if she was falling into a codependent, like, I, 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 that she can manage it. I don't have to manage it for her. She is a grown ass adult. Oh, that's how I'm going to respond to anyone. You're a grown ass adult. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need right? to regulate your nervous system, boo. No, ma'am. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. No. You, a lot of the stories we're talking about, we're mentioning women. Um, mm. Is this like common, um, 
more common with women or people? I don't know. Have you, have yeah. you seen a pattern? It's a great question. Yeah. Uh, so well, there's no data. So, you know, I trained in epidemiology. There's no data that I can point to, to support this. I really wish there was like a national codependency study survey, but there's not. Um, we'll start but, one. We'll start one. We'll start today. one. Let's do it. We're on it. <laughs> and if we do it, everyone will love us. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh, I got you there. I know. And I was like ready and willing. Okay. You're right. Everyone's going to be so grateful and think we're so amazing. <laughs> it's okay. true though. But like that is actually true because we are amazing. So anyway, uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's part and parcel of living in the patriarchy, right? That humans who are socialized as women, part of that socialization is to put ourselves last, is to be the martyr, is to be the savior, is to, right, is to, to, to be the carrier of everyone else's emotions, to do the emotional labor. And so, yeah, I think we get the short end of the stick on that one because we're trained from birth to like be a good girl, be a good girl, right? Like go, you know, go give that, God. So in Argentina, we kiss to say hello, right? Like we kiss on the cheek. And I just remember being a girl and like all like my dad and, and my grandfather's old, like old man friends with like stinky aftershave and like scratchy beards. And I had to go like put my tender little, like little kiddo cheek on theirs. And I just, I remember wanting to be like, no, I don't want to do this. But I wasn't raised the way most human socializers, women, are not raised to have embodied bodily autonomy. We are separated from our bodily autonomy as soon as we can talk and hear and walk, right? So I believe that humans of all the many, many, many genders can be emotional, have emotional outsourcing as part of their mindset and their somatic patterning. And I do see it more with with women. humans raised as girls. That's what I'm seeing. Mm -hmm. I I will say I've seen just with that story you, you shared, because I think that's a common thing. Go give, you know, Mm -hmm. Esther a hug or Mm -hmm. a kiss. And I've seen a lot of my friends who have become parents. They're really good at like, you can give a high five or a wave or a hug if you want, Yeah, which I feel like there's just more awareness of all of us with our, with our body and our choices. And I just feel happy to be in a time where now we're kind of conditioning, sorry, deconditioning that part of conditioning. Yeah. 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 My sister Jeannie is a parenting coach and it's really beautiful. I know. I want to be in your family family. in my next incarnation. (laughs) Oh, you can just join us now. I mean, (laughs) we're pretty dope. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I mean, that's that's so cool. Yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yep uh yeah and she teaches so much of that right how you can be a gentle but authoritative parent and just the fact that that's part of the social milieu like that's part of the conversation is really inspiring and really gives me a lot of hope for the future you know same same even just feeling and seeing my friends who are trying to regulate their nervous systems and you know, a, a simple call, you know, to your internet provider can really send you into a tailspin. Right. And now it's just like, okay, I feel better. It sucked, but I don't feel like that ruined my day. Right. So that's so cool yeah. that you're just helping people on that journey. And there's one last mm. question I wanted to ask oh. you. I mean, there, I could talk to you for literally 12 hours. So we will do a 12, 12 hour live stream one day. Okay, great. We'll do it. We'll do it. We'll do it. Uh-huh. But I know you're an expert on uh, adrenals and adrenal fatigue, oh. and that's like oh. a big buzzword I've heard of, oh. and I'm not really like versed in that. Sure. Uh, so 
Can you explain, I guess, burnout and what that might look or feel like to people? Yeah. Psychological burnout or adrenal? They're- whatever whatever you feel like whatever. collectively okay, cool. needs cool, cool, to cool, be cool, heard. Cool, cool. Oh, right on. Oh, I love that reframe. Right? Yeah. All of my podcasts want- are spirit-led. So I yeah, always ask. I always ask like the universe who I need to speak to, talk to, mm. who needs to heal. So you're mm. a special guest because I know mm. everyone needs to hear this. So mm. that's why intuitively, anyway, I just wanted mm. to say that, you know, spirit led oh, us together. Yay, I love it. Oh, it's so sweet. <laughs> so adrenal fatigue intuitively. So adrenal fatigue is like handy, popular parlance. Like I'm just going to, I'm just going to be a stickler nerd uh, I'm also an ESL kid. And so like language is super important to me. Right. Cause like, you know, whatever nerds and glands cannot get fatigued. People organs cannot get fatigued. That's, that's not science. So now that I've gotten on that soapbox and gotten off, I think conceptually thinking of your adrenals as overworking, 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 and then they get tired. I think that does help us to understand what's happening. So think again of the attachment cry. Ah, panic. Adrenaline is released from the adrenals. Adrenals are these two walnut-sized uh, shaped little um, glands on the on your back above your kidneys. And they are part of the vagus nerve system. They're part of the RAS system, but um, they work with your with your adrenals, with your kidneys to balance blood pressure, heart rate, adrenaline, right? Adrenaline, adrenal, bada boom, bada bing, got it. So they react every time there's stress, distress, or trauma. They release the good stuff, the cocaine internally, that, and eventually cortisol, which is, um, yeah, cortisol is what's called a late stage molecule. So that comes after you have been in quite a bit of adrenaline for quite a hot minute. And so let's just stick with that visual of them getting tired because it's, I think it's helpful, right? It's just like anyone else. Like you can only run around for so long before your body's like, girl, please, like just cut it out. And so your adrenals lose their capacity to be as reactive and as responsive as they were before, you know, you, why did I just picture like a wall street guy being like, buy low, sell high, right? Like stress, stress, stress. Or like, I don't know any new birthing parent, right. Who's like sleep when the baby sleeps, but when do I cook? And when do I make what, like what? And that thing needs fed every two to three hours and sleeps in 45 to 60 minute cycles. So wait, when do I shower? Right. And all that pressure on the adrenals to show up and show up and show up either to, to physical demands like a new parent or stressors, actual stressors, or the perceived stress of life when you're walking around as an emotional outsourcer. Right. And so all of that effectively wear and tear on the adrenals means they're not doing what you want them to do. Right. They're not giving you the good juice. Um, and that's when we you know, some, a common first or a common sign beyond fatigue, low mood, um, towards depression can be being tired, but wired. So this is a really, really common one. You're so tired when you get home from work. All you want to do is collapse on the couch and you're so, so, so tired and worn out. And then, oh my God, it's 11 PM and I got a six wind and I'm up and let's go. Let's organize the sock drawer. Let's go. And you keep yourself up for like another two hours or you're doom scrolling, right? 
because your brain is just on because your adrenals kicked in because they're, they, they too are dysregulated. Mm. Yeah. That's and so, so real. It's so real though. And so what do we do? I, oh, waking up nauseous. That's a wicked adrenal fatigue one. Oh, whoa. Yeah. So if you have way too much cortisol overnight, remember, what does cortisol say? Lion cometh, do not digest. Mm-hmm. Smart, smart body. And so you wake up nauseous because you've been digesting nothing overnight. And so your body is all flooded with all these digestive juices and like all this adrenaline of cortisol, really. Um, and so you wake up nauseous. So when people are like, oh, I cannot eat first thing in the morning, I'm like, Oh, honey, let's talk about your childhood. Like, <laughs> let's talk about your teen years, right? Let's, let, let's have a talk. It's time for a talk because <laughs> you need a little coaching here, a little somatic experiencing. Here oh my God. Right? Yeah. But it's true. Yeah. So what the hell do we do about it? So there's, there's the medical and then there's the rest. So looking at your mindset, mapping your nervous system, working with your inner children, doing somatic work, meditating, mindfulness, getting present, coming back to presence, but also like get your adrenals tested and start taking some ashwagandha and some rhodiola and some Tulsi and like, you know, phosphatidylserine, like do that too, right? But we need it both. I was going to ask about ashwagandha actually, because this good friend Ashwagandha. Ooh. I love you. Literally, though, I, I'm obsessed with ashwagandha. I feel like it's really changed my nervous system for the better. So mm. that's, yes. I love it. Ashwagandha is a nervine herb. So they are an adaptogenic nervine. So the adaptogens are the herbs that help us to adapt to our environment. They all have an adaptive profile that helps bring us back to ventral vagal. Some tend to be more sympathetic direction, which is not a problem. And some tend to be more dorsal. So some rev us up like rhodiola. Um, and then ashwagandha tends to be more calming. And then Tulsi, holy basil, homegirl is like steady in the middle. She's just like, whoosh. Great. I love Great. all that. Cool. So I guess just to, I don't want this to end, but if I have well, to, let's do another one. I know let's we do totally it again. will because there's so much, okay, so great. much. Uh, I guess just to like circle back. So yeah. do you, do you think that your like stomach issues and your gut issues are completely mm. healed? Like, have you, yeah. do you, do you still identify with having quote unquote no, IBS? I, no, I really don't. Um, so I had a parasite, blastocystis hominis. What a jerk. I had helicobacter pylori. I had small intestine bacterial overgrowth. Like Western medicine found zero of this, but you know, Whoa. are right science. Um, and so, um, yeah, the beasts are the beasts are gone. Um, my body feels amazing and incredible, uh, and I know it's it's that holistic mind and body, medicine and mindset, and mm. soma and spirit, like bringing it all in each in turn that really led me to feel amazing. Now, listen, I had Helicobacter pylori, which is a spirochete in the stomach that causes stomach ulcers, heartburn, reflux. I had that for like 30 plus years. I'm not out here drinking coffee and booze and spicy food. Like I'm, I'm not, I'm no thank you. Cause I'm not trying to mess with a system that is just a decade into being healed, you know? Right. And I think that's important takeaway is that it's not going to happen overnight. Healing is right. a process and right. that the more gentle you are with yourself, the more understanding you are with yourself, that yeah. things will start healing and that, you know, 
physical symptoms sometimes are a cause of emotional symptoms, right? Right, right. <laughs> and vice versa. And vice versa. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Okay. I guess there, if there's okay. one last thing, gosh, I could keep going. If there's one last thing that you think would be helpful, I mean, you've given so many beautiful tips, mm. but one thing that you think I could do today that would help my Vegas nerve, what do you, or to get to VV? What would you, I mean, I know it's all involved with somatic healing, but is there like one little fun tip? Come back to love. Ooh. Right? Come back to presence and ask your body what it needs to feel your own love in every cell of you. Right? When we come back to presence, everything is possible. So asking yourself, what would love say right now? What would love do right now? What does love want from me right now? And you'll always get the answer, the answer you most need. So that's what I would say. Presence and love, love and presence. They're the same thing, right? Thank you so much. Wow. My pleasure. I am emotional. I'm probably going to get off this call in this like ugly cry. (laughs) Aw, sweet. In the happy way. In the happy way. Good, 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 good. good. (laughs) Okay, Victoria, how can people find you, work with you, all of the things? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I have a special present just for your listeners. Isn't that so fun? Yes. Thank you. Yeah. So if you have, what is it? I'm like, I want to know because I want it right right now. now. So if you head over to victoriaalbina.com slash spirit sis, uh, you can download, I know, isn't it so cool? You can download a suite of meditations and nervous system orienting exercises just for your listeners because they're amazing and I love them. And of course it's F-R-E-E because of course it is. So go download it, do it. It's going to be great. (sighs) We love you. you. Thank you for that. That is really, 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 really kind. And Mm. I know that's going to help so many people. So thank you for your time, your service, everything you're doing to heal the community and the world, just with your presence. You're very special. So you are thank you, lovely. Thank you, and thank you. if the folks want to follow me on the gram, you can follow me at Victoria Albino Wellness and my podcast yes, is your called podcast. Feminist Wellness and Go Feminist Wellness. Yeah, it's really <laughs> fun. It's, it's, you know, it's a pretty good time. So, okay, great. Yeah. Feminist Wellness, find her on the gram and go get that free download. Okay. Beautiful. Well, thank you again for your time. I just so love you and appreciate you. And for all the listeners, you know where to find me, spiritsis.com at spirit underscore sis on gram and TikTok spirit sis. Sending you all the love and be present and feel that love just like Victoria said.